Hello. We are glad you found us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to When Life Attacks. Welcome to the show. This is Travis McFalls checking in with you lifers out there in Liferland. If you're familiar with our website, we have a people to kill section on there. Uh, There's three people. There's myself, naturally. There's Jim with his pretty face. And there is my wingman for this show. I'm very excited making his first appearance. Some know him in Minnesota as the running eagle of Pryor Lake. All know him as Goose. Welcome to the show, Goose. Thanks for having me. It's great to finally come out of the shadows, um, out of the cockpit, and uh, and get a little get a little voice time with with the people in Lifer Land. So the folks out there, they know that you did some behind the scenes stuff, but tell them a little more about Goose. I'm Goose. Um, I am Travis's cousin, and I always wanted to be Maverick. I just felt like I should be in the in the pilot seat. Um, but while we were growing up, Travis, being the older, bigger, more conniving and ruthless cousin that he that he was, uh, would never would never let me take that role on. I mean. I begged and begged, I'm sure, and um, every day, popped the VHS tape in of Top Gun, Maverick, Goose came on, the pillows came out, the cockpit got constructed, and my ass got stuck in the back. (laughs) Why couldn't I be Maverick? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I'm just fucking Maverick. And as we got older, I mean, last I checked, you've got the shirt. It says Goose right on it. So... I mean, I don't have a shirt that says Goose. Clearly, I don't. That's true. That is one of the best gifts I've ever been given because I was completely blindsided by it. And I was like, that was one of those, we're the only two people in the world that made sense to. And it was just like, oh, oh, man. (laughs) But if you're Maverick and I'm Goose, is Jim Viper? Fuck no, man. <laughs> Jim didn't even make it into Top Gun Academy. Jim's cougar. Jim's the reason, actually, we made it into Top Gun Academy. <laughs> Jim's failure was was our opportunity. Thanks, Jim. Exactly. <laughs> Where the fuck is Jim? You guys went on a two-year hiatus, and it was. I got pretty excited when... Um, when I heard your your last show that that you guys were coming back, it's like right when you made yourselves a part of everybody's weekly routine and on my way to work on Monday mornings or Tuesday mornings, whichever it was that you regularly recorded, I knew I was going to get my Where Life's Attacks. I was going to get Jim's structure and wit and I was going to get your lackadaisical, loose 
canon style commentary and thought processes. And it was a beautiful symphony of podcast bliss that I am looking forward to having back in my life. And I know all the lifers out there are looking forward to it as well. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, he wants to come back, but you know him. He doesn't half-ass anything. So when when he does, he's coming... He's coming out in a blaze. I was worried that Jim might have COVID-19 and was just quarantined, and that's why you had to do the initial show by yourself. So I do have concern for Jim. Being a, being a Team Jim member, obviously I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Travis, but I'm, you know, I, I find myself every once in a while going on Team Jim. There's, there's Team Travis and there's Team Jim, and um, – Man, I, I miss him, so I don't know. I, I got worried about him with everything that's going on out there in the world and I was just hoping I'm just I'm hoping for the best. So it's good to hear that that he is he's, he's seemingly well and expected to return shortly. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have COVID nineteen. And let me be the first to say I'm the captain of the team Jim fan club. I'm I'm probably looking forward to his return more than even you guys. You know what? No, I'm going to stop. I don't want to give him too many. I don't want to give him any compliments. But just know that I am I am the captain of Team Jim. Right on. Hey, so speaking of current events, what's it like in Minnesota with the quarantine situation? I know you work on the front lines, so um there's a little I'm sure your experience is uh different than most of ours, but um here in Florida, especially where I live on the coast, it's not an incre- it hasn't been an incredible impact, but um, I hear in other places that it's like the end of the world, it's the apocalypse. Minnesotans are doing well with the quarantine. We're one of the better states as far as cases go, so it's not too bad. But one of the reasons we are one of the better states is because we're we're on pretty hardcore quarantine. Uh, for me, in my day to day. I sort of quarantine anyway. Like much hasn't changed. Like I go to work, I come home. So um, I haven't really been feeling it too much to that respect, um, except for like I miss going to the movie theaters. Uh, dude, I bought tickets for Craftwork is coming July 22nd, and they haven't canceled the show yet. But it, let's say it'll probably be canceled. Um, but like. You know, like, I was looking forward to that. I, I want to go see my concerts. I want to go see my movies. And, dude, this month I was supposed to start doing HEMA with a buddy from work. I was actually, I was going to do it. We, uh, at the beginning of winter, we set the date. We said, okay, as soon as spring starts, we're going into this HEMA thing. And, of course, now, thanks to fucking COVID, I, I, can't, I can't play with swords. I can't join my sword club. That's a bummer, man. Yeah, no, nothing like that. Um, that is, I guess that is the one thing in my life that, that has changed is um, our jiu-jitsu studio is closed. Um, so no Muay Thai, no jiu-jitsu. Um, that's about it changed in my life. The beaches are still, I mean, they're quote-unquote closed, but I feel like I've seen more people walking, running, fishing, and surfing out um, at the break near where I live than than normal. So people are, it's like, it's having the opposite effect here. People are, more people are outside doing things, which is 
I suppose good as long as they're keeping their six foot of distance. But that sucks about the Hema Club, man. I had massively large <laughs> aspirations for you in this Hema thing, man. When you told me you wanted to learn how to sword fight, um, I was all in and couldn't wait for it to to go down. So I'm I'm glad to hear that that's, that fire is still burning. Yeah, I think you were more enthusiastic about it than even me. I just couldn't believe that it existed. Like when I when I went down the Hema rabbit hole and then found out that there's still like especially over in Europe, there's still legit medieval fights going down. Like people joust and they joust for real. <laughs> still in some parts of the world. So I was just like, I don't know, man. It just took me on a it's like I blacked out and I woke up and I knew way more than I ever thought I would about sword fighting and HEMA clubs and the possibility that you may get in the step into the arena. And I, I was going to be there with Knight Squire in your corner and it was just, it was going to be epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Knight Squire, dude. Yeah. He's the guy that got me into HEMA. Um, so for you guys, we, we keep saying HEMA a lot. You're probably going, what the fuck is HEMA? Stands for uh, historic, how did Jim put it? Historical martial or never getting laid. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, historical European martial arts. So uh, it mostly deals with the German long sword. Uh, at least that's the area of focus that I want to go into, but also like grappling and all kinds of techniques, like way over, like I said, I'm, I am a newbie, so I'm not even going to pretend to, you know, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and tell you I know really anything more than just the basic concept of it. Definition time, H-E-M-A, is an acronym meaning historical European martial arts, which refers to both the academic research and physical training associated with the combat arts of medieval Europe. Later treatises cover all manner of swords, pole arms unarmed combat, sickles, daggers, and other weapons. But, yeah, it was fueled by Night Squire. Great guy. Uh, actually, we, the show, we've been in touch with him um, back and forth a little bit. Uh, not recently, back in the day. Because uh, he, he sort of quit uploading videos around the same time we stopped, uh, we stopped dropping shows. So, but uh, did, you, did you see he's back? Like, he came back, this, he came back the same time we came back. I did. It's a it's a pleasant coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking fired up to have him back. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did send me the the Indorja episode that I watched as a little bit of homework prior to prior to us recording here today. Um, it's pretty interesting, man. He's got a he's got a little mini squire now that's involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like he just took time off, got married, started a family. Now he's now he's back. So, first of all, congratulations Joel and Laura on your wedding and congrats on on the newest member of the Squire family. That guy does such a good job with just I'm sure one camera um and just his his scripting and the whole the whole the screenplay of it just be, you know being a rel relatively a solo act with him now his, his infant daughter and wife uh coming back to make the show happen it's you know this isn't, isn't the the thing that i'm normally into but um but yeah man he does a good job it's 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 cool if you haven't checked out night squire even if you think that 
it's not your sort of thing. If you're just looking for a YouTube rabbit hole to go down, um, check him out, man. It's, it's, uh, it's funny and he's back and, uh, you might learn something. You might get inspired to join a HEMA club and potentially face Travis in the ring one day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like you will be into swords by the time you're done watching this guy. And he does it in such an endearing way. It reminds me of watching home movies that you make with your family, but they're actually good. <laughs> yeah, they're they're well put together, man. Yeah, just so happy to have Night Squire back. It really, really makes really makes my uh, my quarantining better. <laughs> Fun fact, as it relates to sword fighting. So, there's some point in my life that I realized when guys talk about sword fighting uh, as young men and of course we're talking about we're talking about dicks I thought everybody knew I thought everybody knew (laughs) like bathroom sword fighting was just the pee stream at some (laughs) point in my life I realized that everybody especially girls everybody that I then surveyed upon this realization thought it was like Sword fighting, like not, legit not, sword fighting, like, like not using your sword. pee streams, using your your male parts. <laughs> they thought it was like sword fighting with dicks, dude. <laughs> so I I realized this. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Everybody doesn't know that it's just like. You know, you stand on one side of the toilet or the other side of the toilet or the other side of the tree and you're like, you're playing swords with peace streams. You thought we were like, <laughs> like there was some sort of weird, like, like you thought there was a physics. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even, like, I almost can't even say it. And just, so I started asking people like, hey, sword fighting, what did you think it was? I'm telling you, man, like, of the probably 15 people I surveyed within that week's period of time. I think it was a solid 13 that were like, oh, yeah, we totally thought it was like dick fighting. <laughs> I was horrified, man. I felt like going back to every conversation about sword. Not that this was a regular topic, but, you know, every every mention that I could ever recall and be like, no, no, no. It was the streams, man. Like, you know. No, dude, that's Ghostbusters. That's Ghostbusters. <laughs> and you never cross the streams. That would be dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, it was traumatic, but everybody out there, this is just a public service announcement. If you thought that sword fighting amongst young men in the bathroom was and had anything to do with touching each other, it was There's no dick touching involved. It was just peace dreams, young and innocent, and I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't a fucking big sword fighter, but I just. It got brought up, and I was just like, "Wow, I can't, I can't believe this, man! I can't believe people went through life just thinking this was like a normal, normal thing. Maybe it's not a normal thing, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you know me, like I get into my shit, so I, I just thought it meant like swords, like flashing steel, <laughs> you know. So you were one of them? No. Oh no. Real fucking swords, dude, not dicks. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about real swords, but when you're talking like, about like, no, bathroom no, swords, no, I don't fighting. get metaphorical at all with it. It is the literal <laughs> definition when I say sword fighting. <laughs> I don't know if you and I were ever in, in any sword fights. 
No, I don't God, actually recall no, no. a sword fight I was ever in. I'm sure I was <laughs> in one. Been in a sword fight, <laughs> <laughs> both literal and figurative. <laughs> All right, so that's like a sword fighting metaphor, right? So like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like other medieval weapons. Like, okay, archery. <laughs> Is there like an arch, an archery one? Like, like launching a dick or something? I don't know. Like, <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. There's no, there's no archery metaphor. Uh, the sword fighting thing was simply just two guys sharing a toilet and competing with peace streams. And we're gonna leave it off. We're gonna step away from that. Now that yeah, you seem to be backpedaling. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got weird. Credit bringing that up. <laughs> it got weird fast. <laughs> yes, That's, I thought you were going to be on board and. Uh, <laughs> and, and no, I'm like sitting there going, like, dude, why aren't you taking my hobby as serious? <laughs> <laughs> or my, well, I'm, I can't call it my hobby yet, but the hobby that, the hobby that I'm seriously wanting to get into here. <laughs> it's um, you'll be surprised, man. Like. In, in other medieval news, I recently have picked up archery, and um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how much I was going to like it. Uh, and, I, man, I can't stop shooting the thing. It's super fun. As you know, our grandfather and Uncle Rico, um, they're, they're big hunters, so it's kind of a bit of a family tradition thing. But rather than take the gun route... Um, you know, I've, I've got my I've got my ideals and my opinions on things. Always, I decided to really hone in a skill, um, and it you know use it as kind of a motivator. And dude, when you come down to visit, we'll definitely have to go shooting uh, shooting a bow. And uh, it's a it's another it's another one you may you may want to pick up. You'll you'll probably want a medieval longbow rather than my compound bow, but it's it's cool, man, and it, it's addictive. No, I'll take the longbow. I mean, I'll take no, I'll take the I'll take the compound. <laughs> but like, but it's funny you bring that up because like on the McFall side, um, you know, apparently it's in my blood. My uh, great grandfather and great grandmother were actually uh, champion archers in Pennsylvania. No way! Like, you go to their house, yeah, they had all kinds of fucking trophies and shit. So archery is definitely something I, I think I could get into. Yeah, it's um it's relaxing. Like I've I have a we have an archery range near my house and I've got a little setup in my backyard now too and I can go back there and just just send some send some arrows down range. A guy that I follow online named Travis T Bone Turner uh always calls it the magical flight of the arrow. And uh at first it was yeah, it was just kind of a means to an end. Um just something cool that I thought I'd try and then um then yeah, I got really into it. So uh can't say enough good things about the journey that has begun with uh my bow. <laughs> right on. I've been on a different journey, man. <laughs> because of the COVID shit. I'm like, dude, I need a fucking gun. <laughs> like I was talking with my roommate the other day. I was like, dude, do we have any guns in the house? He's like, I don't have one. I was like, I don't have one. I'm like, I need to get a gun. So now I'm, like, talking to gun people. And, of course, like, the first question they always ask, you know, what kind of gun are you looking at? What you thinking about getting? Uh, I don't know. Like, 30 Harry, fucking 44 Magnum. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa. Whoa, slow it down there. <laughs> like, 
You would, man. I mean, I think a lot of people are feeling your same or in your same boat. I've got a few buddies that are like arming themselves to the teeth. It's like, all right, man, I got three AR-15s, four handguns, shotgun, and my sniper rifle's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna wield all these weapons? Like, do you, are you Are you planning on hiring an army? <laughs> yeah. You can only shoot one, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I was really good. Like, <laughs> like, so they're like, 44 Magnum, huh? 44. Well, I hope you plan on doing some uh, drywall work after you fucking fire that thing through the guy because you're not going to just hit him. You're going to blow a fucking hole through his rib cage. And then the blood splatter, let's put it this way, all right? You'll be standing there, and the blood splatter will hit the wall There'll be a little outline in the blood splatter of where you were standing. <laughs> dude, that's got me thinking, like, well, shit, dude, yeah, do I want to pay for, like, drywall repair? Like, blood doesn't come out easy. Like, I've got white walls. <laughs> you got to practice, man. Keep your angle of attack away from all valuables. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, if it was up to me, I would just have, like, a Civil War-era cannon just at the ready by my bedroom door <laughs> with, like, a long fuse, like, right next to my bed. <laughs> Some fucker comes in my house, <laughs> tries to come in my room, opens the door, and he's just greeted with this fucking cannon. Like, huh? Huh? <laughs> Kaboom! <laughs> and people are like, well, okay, so what you going to do if he's got a buddy with him? Well, hopefully he sees what happened to his friend. <laughs> That's enough of a deterrent. <laughs> All right? I take this shit seriously. Yeah. Not only am I willing to blow the fuck out of this guy, but I'm willing to blow the fuck out of my house, out of my good China, <laughs> whatever may be in the trajectory of that fucker. <laughs> You're going to be like, like, all right. <laughs> but then they always got to do this, too. They're always like, all right, all right, I feel you, I feel you. But instead of standard cannon shot, have you considered grape shot or chain shot? It would even be even better. You fire it, and it's two cannonballs attached to a chain, so it just goes... <laughs> head clean right off. Your whole house goes I think, up in I think flames. blowing a hole through the guy with a cannonball is good enough, but okay, you're more the expert. I, I will take notes. <laughs> and they're always experts. Anytime you ask like a gun guy something... Always an expert. Has that been your experience? For sure, man. Um, like, and they're they're so into it. Just like you're describing, like, they, they get into like what every round is gonna do, and it's like they're they're like a mixture between Jim Bob, redneck backwoods hillbilly Brambo and Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, they're so into it. Like, they just, they go on these, these super rants and they want to tell you, it's like they want to just unleash all of their, uh, all of their knowledge on you all at one time. It's like, all right, man, what is going to be? It's this kind of holster. And then, all right, come over here to my truck. See where I got it right up under here on the dash? I got me a magnet. So if a motherfucker comes up, I can just slide my hand right on it. She's already locked and ready to roll, man. She's ready to rock and roll all the time. Don't you come in my truck. Because you ain't coming rock. back out. <laughs> they do say rock and roll a lot. <laughs> 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 like, 
then, you know, I take it, I've never been to a gun show, but, like, like that's pretty much, like, that's these guys home away from home, isn't it? Yeah, man. Um, so my first gun show experience was... Oh, you've been to my, one? I've been to one. Um, I went with... My, well, I purchased... I, much, much like you're getting ready to do, I wanted to purchase my first firearm, and I had a gun nut neighbor. We'll call him Rambo. And uh, so my, my neighbor Rambo and his other gun nut buddy found out through passing conversation. This dude was was a was quite a quite an interesting cat. He lived by himself, older guy, like you're he checked every box, man. <laughs> he, checked, <laughs> he checked every box, dude. And uh so we went we went to the gun show and walked around with these guys and they're just you walking up to every table like giving their opinion to the guy that's selling the gun and that, that guy's trying to upsell him. And then they're talking about all these experiences they have and, you know, recoil and they wanted to buy stuff to be able to reload their own ammunition. And I mean, these dudes were, were all time. Um, sadly, I found, I found Rambo dead not long after that, but, um, but he took me to my first gun show and, uh, and and I bought my first shotgun, which I don't think should have been as easy of a process as it was. I think I should have been able to purchase a gun. I just don't know that I should have been able to walk in to, like, a state fair grounds type location oh. with Rambo. And I got to ask you, man. <laughs> I got to ask you. At the gun show, like, in my opinion, like, they're, like, pimping these guns out. Like, did you see, like, guns in bikinis or anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like seeing. Like, yeah, look at this beauty. Ain't she a beaut? Maybe made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. (laughs) It's not exactly like that. It's a lot. It's a lot more. uh, It's a lot less polished than you would think, man. Like, (laughs) oh, that makes me feel good. (laughs) It it won't. Like, you walk into these places and it's like, all right. Normally, there's cattle here, but they moved those guys outside. Brought these guys with fold-up tables and their bed sheets. They threw them down, threw all their guns and ammunition on tables, and they're just bullshitting and trading. It's like, it's like much like going to a, I imagine, like a comic book trading sort of like convention, only okay. with stuff that can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the state of the comic book industry right now, comics probably kill you too. <laughs> <laughs> if you try to open a shop. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I always just imagine, like, the tables and stuff, like, you know, here we got a 1940 Thompson submachine gun, semi-automatic. Now, I just got to tell you, it's illegal. It's illegal to fire this thing automatically. Can't get it automatically. But uh, if one were to make modifications, I'm just saying, just thinking out loud here, <laughs> but, uh, this baby could rock and roll at fully automatic. <laughs> Yep. It's like, all right. So if you get this some bitch right here from me, you walk over to his booth. He'll sell you a firing pin, and I won't know where you got it from. I just sold you the gun. He just sold you the firing pin. What you do when you get home is your business. God bless the USA. <laughs> That'll be three hundred seventy-five dollars. Thank you very much, American. <laughs> I don't want any of that damn Canadian bullshit monopoly money. Man, I uh you know, I'm 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 all for the right to bear arms, but I just, you know, 
my my stance is I think you should have to at least go through as much trouble um, as you do to ride a motorcycle down the street. You know, what, you mean to tell me you don't think psychos should have guns? I just think outlandish, man. Maybe maybe you can't qualify them as not psycho, but you can at least qualify them as educated psychos if you at least make them take a class, man. <laughs> at, least them, at least make them put in a little legwork. <laughs> I mean, just barrier of entry, you know. <laughs> at least, you know, like, he's crazy, but he was an honor student, okay? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't just every child pass this through. <laughs> yeah, you know, quick psych evaluation, sit with a trainer, go to a gun range, go through a class, pass a test, get a card, and buy a gun. Not Rambo and Jim Bob and Brad walk in. Brad walks out with a shotgun and all these crazy loads that they upsell you. Like, this one shoots two babies with a string tied in the center. Then it'll just cut a motherfucker's head off. This one shoots a net. Now, I'm, I'm just telling you, I've got some incendiary ammunition here, all right? Not only going to blow a hole clean through this fucker, you're going to light him on fire, too. <laughs> you're going to make him regret coming to your house. You ever had you ever had indigestion? You ever had stomach burn? Well, motherfucker, this is, this is cranking it up and not rock and roll. <laughs> Comes bottle just like the hot sauce. It's going to feel like going in. <laughs> and you ever, just drink, <laughs> you ever just drink straight Tabasco? <laughs> Well, add in some ghost pepper, and you may get a little close to the sensation this motherfucker's going to feel when he comes in your fucking home. Well, what's your plan, man? What's your plan to get the dirty hairy? <laughs> so, like, one oh, dude was telling me, I was like, okay, well, maybe I want the dirty hairy because I'm going to stop him clean with one bullet. Yeah, I'm going to have to, like, replace the drywall. Okay. <laughs> and maybe, like, I might need, like, a new neck for my guitar in the next room. <laughs> like, at least I know I'll stop him. They're like, well, like, you just said I'd blow a hole through his ribcage. Like, well, here's the deal. Here's the law, okay? All right, you can't just shoot him. Now, say he's still alive. Go up and execution style him. So what you're going to want to do is just keep firing. Unload the motherfucker. That's heat of the moment right there. Heat of the moment, you will not go to jail. <laughs> I'm basically going to turn this guy into a bloody pulp. <laughs> as long as he's still standing, you keep shooting. Like, granted, the velocity of the bullet hitting him may be the thing that's still keeping him up, but you keep firing that motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm learning all kinds of shit here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I think I've settled on the 357 Magnum because I don't want to have to redo my house. When I'm done. <laughs> so they said, that's got the stopping power. All right? It's got good stopping power. That's why you want it. Stopping power is like one of the main words I hear. Like, why do you call it stopping power? Because the bullet widens, stops in him, and it's going to stop him dead in his track. I mean, okay, that makes sense, stopping power. Okay, I got you, I got you. So, <laughs> so they basically talked me down. They were like, all right, Dirty Harry, that's a little much for you. All right, 357 Madden. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I'm gonna get the three set, three fifty seven. But uh, when that fucker comes into my house, apparently, uh, I got, I just gotta make sure, even though the first round may stop him, I gotta unload the fucker on him. 
<laughs> so, uh, uh, so right now, I know gun sales are through the roof right now. I think you you showed me a statistic on that. So, uh, yeah, apparently yeah, gun um, stores are still open. So I guess I can go get. Well, I was thinking because of the quarantine, I might not be able to go get one. But now. I'm thinking, People, like, when we get done, I might just drive to the store and walk out with a 357. <laughs> I got people are buying them. Scratch. <laughs> yeah, people are buying them, man. It's, uh, they, they said there are 2 million firearms sold in March, which is the second busiest month ever for gun sales, uh, only behind January of 2013, right after Obama's reelection and the unfortunate incident at Sandy Hook. So yeah. this is... Uh, these are historical times. Yeah, I do remember the Sandy Hook thing. Like, I was in Texas at the time. Those guys, it was mainly AR-15 bullets that just, like, the prices doubled, and then they were gone. And people were freaking out. And I was like, guys, chill out. But trust me, they'll be back in a month or two. <laughs> you know? Like, um... I'd give my left nut for a two two three or five five seven right right now, man. <laughs> I have no clue what that fucking means. <laughs> you know, but like, like I don't even know the gun market. But these guys were saying that I'm just like, well, it's basic principle of supply and demand. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not an expert either. Um, I, I just just know what I hear in passing. I actually think it's a five five six. But um, yeah, man. Uh, good luck. I hope it doesn't come down to any sort of home reconstruction or repair for you. I, I hope you just get the thing and it like stays under your bed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's an experience. It's a journey going to the range, getting good with it. Um, I would I would highly recommend. I, I fortunately lived with uh, a person that was in the military. Um, right around that time and, and had a close buddy that took me to the range and like kind of went drill sergeant on me with it. So I got a little, I got a little help, uh, which was, which was cool. It's a, it's, it's intimidating going to the gun range the first time. I don't care who you are and what you say. I mean, you walk into a place that's loaded down with these guys, like we're describing, uh, just all standing in a line, just <laughs> showing off their, their, their muscle, man. And, uh, but but it's an experience that you'll you'll you'll, you'll be I love, that that I love that you said showing their muscle, man. Like I can't I can't even bench the bar, all right. But look at this baby right here, dude. dude that's what it is. It's like you should see these guys. It's like the, the guys you would imagine. They're like, all right, man, four hundred dollars and manhood. Here I come. <laughs> Shit, man! I think my dick just grew an extra six inches. <laughs> Watch out! I'm a man on the town. <laughs> so, okay, clearly, clearly we're not experts on guns. No, no, man. <laughs> but you, you are an expert. I, at least from my neophyte knowledge, you are an expert on boats. I um I fancy myself myself a boat expert. I suppose I'm a, I'm a boat I'm an expert on certain boats. Um I've been yeah, yeah man, I've got a lot of experience and it's a it's a part of my my profession and passion. So um for sure man, I can tell you anything you want to know, man. 
<laughs> I didn't realize boaters were on. <laughs> I guess maybe you want to bring your gun on the boat in case you get pirates. <laughs> like, That's a real thing. Yeah, maybe I'll bring my Civil War cannon. <laughs> you might have to on our on our uh, on our voyage. Yeah, yeah. How many how many cannons do you think we could fit broadside? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I'll have to go go down there with my tape measure and sort it out. <laughs> we probably put the cannon on it, and the boat would just go straight to the bottom of the drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this one, <laughs> motherfucker, dude. You owe me $20,000 now. <laughs> hey, you know what that cannon was worth? That's a historical artifact. <laughs> yeah, no, this one, uh, this, this latest one is one that I'm not an expert on. So I've grown up power boats and, um, you know, back in Minnesota, there was a, a lot of wakeboarding going on in my life. And Yeah, and you, then, drag, um, you drag me, uh, you put me on the little dinghy. Like out on the rope behind the boat with a video camera, and they yeah. you guys. And the whole time, like I'm not even like focused on like keeping you guys in shot or anything. I'm just going, please don't drop the camera. Please don't drop the camera. I can't afford a new camera. Please don't drop the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously, we grew up around around those kind of boats, and then as I transitioned onto the coast, center consoles and my my ventures offshore and fishing and free diving and spear fishing and the Bahamas and whatnot became a greater part of my life in the last 15 years. But the new purchase is a sailboat, which I know nothing about. Yeah. You, you, you probably know more. <laughs> you're knowing nothing is, <laughs> is easily more than I know. <laughs> like, you're more instantly by knowing nothing. You're more advanced than me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a whiskey fueled decision with three buddies. Uh, my buddy bikes and my buddy captain hat and uh it, it, we, one night we were we were just hammered drunk on jack daniels although bikes likes the uh likes the white claw type stuff but anyway we were hammered drunk nonetheless and captain hat being the boat connoisseur that he is brought up this 23 foot sea sprite she's a 1964 uh sailboat that um somehow fell in love with and uh the three of us have been past two weekends learning how to sail so now you and i's adventure has gotten much more interesting in that we're throwing the art of sailing in the mix <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so this adventure basically you and i have had this sort of like little hemingway-esque dream of taking the boat you know off of florida and kind of just fucking around on the boat, get lost, you know, man, sea, booze. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lots of booze. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to go too into, like, where we're going, but we're definitely not going to Cuba. <clears throat> I don't think we can get into Cuba, man. I think there's yeah, some logistics I, involved that are that may be above our reach. Yeah. Like, we're definitely not <clears throat> going to Cuba and we're definitely not coming back with crates of absinthe, barrels of spices, and fucking treasure chests of jewels. We're clearly not doing this. <laughs> Dude, if we did, it would <laughs> take way longer than, than you're giving it credit, dude. When you're, <laughs> if anything I've learned in the past two weekends, it's if you're sailing, 
You're already where you want to be, man. <laughs> hey, man, hey, you're talking to the dirty, hairy, 44 Magnum Force man here, all right? If I do it, <laughs> I'm going to do a little damage to myself, too. <laughs> I hope there's some pirates in the river for you to fight, man, because reality of this situation is we're taking that thing out in the river behind my house, going around the point, posting up and getting hammered coming back the next day. <laughs> No, no, that's good. That's good. Tell them that. Tell them that because we're clearly not going to Cuba. Keep telling them that. Yeah. <laughs> we can sleep on the boat. She's got a berth for four. All right. It'd probably be a good idea for the two of us not to be, like, ocean-bound when we do this because I can just see us waking up all hungover, dry-mouthed, looking around like, where the hell am I? <laughs> Next thing you know, we're pulling up the map. We're already halfway across the uh, Atlantic going, oh, fuck, what do you think about Portugal? <laughs> Wonder what Night Squire is doing this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's sell into jolly old England. Hi-ho, tip-top. <laughs> Let's go see what those fucking tea dunkers are up to. With all the not absence here planning on hoarding aboard and <laughs> not bringing back from Cuba, <laughs> we may just black out and end up in Night Squire's front yard like, Ready for your first private lesson. <laughs> He'll be sitting there going, what the fuck are you doing here, mate? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I appreciate you for following my channel, but Jesus, guys. Jesus, you guys, you guys really take things too far. <laughs> At that point, you know, I'll be like, hey, check it out. I got a 44 Magnum. <laughs> like, Get lost. <laughs> it cuts your arm off. <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> Me arm! Sorry. I know we have British listeners, so... <laughs> we might have redneck listeners, too, dude. They're not going to be too pumped, either. I, I, I think they'll be on board with what we said. <laughs> That's true. No, they're they're definitely sending... They're going to tweet back at us with more knowledge, more gun knowledge than we ever cared to know. I'll probably get, like, all kinds of, like, gun listings. Like, <laughs> and say, well, you know, if you're interested in 357, I'm saying, you know, you should probably also check out the fucking head fucker. <laughs> Mach 11. <laughs> I don't know, guns. <laughs> You will, man. You will. <laughs> yeah. You'll I forget will it all now. quick. <laughs> remember when we did the Manson episode? <laughs> like, Jim was so convinced that I was going to get a letter from, like, I think they're called the Valentine Society. And you don't choose them. They choose you. I was paranoid for, like, a month, two months after that episode. Because, like, essentially they send you a Valentine in the card. And they're like, yeah, you're part of the family now. And they'll, like, show up. Hang out at your house and shit. <laughs> I'm like, I was oh, so man. paranoid. So I honestly think I feel a little safer around the gun people. I think they'll just send me a couple listings, maybe a couple advertisements for some conventions or whatever the hell they're called, shows. I think that's it. <laughs> so I'm not, as, I'm not as afraid on this one. <laughs> well, you'll be ready when the apocalypse goes down. I, I went through that phase. I've got close to what I think I need. I mean, after this show, I mean, they need to join you at the compare notes at the at the gun store. I'm starting to look around <laughs> my house and 
replan my strategy. <laughs> well, I tell you what, man, it was great having you on. I think we need to go. I think we need to go stockpile now. <laughs> so, thanks for flying wingman today. Hell yeah, man! Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go buy guns and toilet paper and ammunition, and uh, I'll check back in with you uh, on our plans for our epic journey to not Cuba very soon. So. Fuck yeah, motherfucker. Well, all right, man. Well, once again, great to have you uh, Great to have you with us this week. And <laughs> to all you lifers out there, be safe. I was Travis. I was Goose. Thanks for listening. Why don't you follow us on Twitter at When Life Attacks or Facebook When Life Attacks Podcast. Or you can look directly at our blog, which is whenlifeattackspodcast.com. Uh-uh. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs>